got a main event tonight on the challenge. But first, we got to get there. We got to go through the house's different political plays. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. My mic levels have been turned up. I hope you can hear me. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. <laughs> Microphone check, one, two. What is this? Hey. It's You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. Is back to business? Back to business, like EPMD. That was two 90s hip-hop references. I'm extraordinarily proud of myself right now, Sheldon. I'll just say this is not a good look for the listeners right now because we're giddy and we're like five seconds into the podcast. Yeah. Listeners, dearest listeners, you guys are <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh, man. So let's start at the beginning. Yep. Which is just the reactions of everyone in the house after Tori loses to Anissa. Mm -hmm. First off, we got Devin uh, proudly taking Tori's name off of the board, moving his own name into the rogue agent slot. And he's sort of commiserating with his guys. Fessy, not loving being back with Anissa. He expresses concern about her uh, ability in stamina-based events. Yep. Serves him right, though. Serves him right. For everything that Fessy did, for the terrible gameplay, it, this is just karma coming back at Fessy right now. The thing is, I strongly, and we're going to get into this, but I strongly disagree with his anti-Anisa position. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get to this. We'll get to that. We'll get to this. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to, like, performance, like, yeah. in the field of play. But I just mean, like, Fessy has just put a massive target on his back. Mm -hmm. And Anissa's not going to get you in trouble. Yeah, Everyone he, likes Anissa. He doesn't think that way, I know. No, but, he doesn't get it. Also, too, I don't Anissa, get why he's stressing so much if he has a skull. And she has a skull. Yeah. Like, what's the they problem? They just got to chill now. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sit back, chill. Stay out of the way. Enjoy the ride. Let someone else get mad and just coast on through to the final. And, like, don't worry about how Anissa can do. Anissa's problems are Anissa's problems, you know? like Correct. Correct. But the main topic right off the beginning of this episode, it's, I mean, for the majority of the episode, is Teresa. Because, like, right from the beginning, Teresa's game is getting blown up, right? She's trying to tell Anissa that she didn't know what was going on. Well, she doesn't really say that, but the implication is that she didn't know what was going on with Anissa getting voted in, which obviously she didn't know, right? And yeah. this leads to a conversation amongst the some of the girls, Nani's kind of spearheading it, where she's telling Lolo, she's telling Killacam, we need to watch out for Teresa we don't know where Teresa's head's at she's trying to play both sides and this leads to a very weird conversation between Lolo and Teresa I didn't understand this conversation at all I didn't get it because the other part is is Lolo with the vet girls or is she with the rooks I don't even no. know so part of the issue is that Teresa is playing up to the vets I'm a vet. I've missed you so much. Mm -hmm. But she's also getting in good with the rookies. Mm -hmm. 
so because she's so close with the rookies, she knew that the fix was in for Tori versus Anissa. Yeah. She did not tip off her OG girls. Yeah. So the uh, veteran uh, women are mad at Teresa for not tipping off Anissa. Lolo is mad because she's like, wait a second. Like, whose side are you on? Because, like, people are mad. Like, well, what but side you're, is like, Lolo pretending... I think Lolo considers herself a rookie, even though she's, like, not quite. She's, like, that kid that dropped out of, out of like, university after the first two weeks and then comes back the next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But I just think Lolo is very awkward in this confrontation. and In this confrontation? Well, I mean, fair enough. Valid point by you. Point to you. Point to you. In this initial conversation of awkwardness from Lolo Jones, um, she, I appreciate the fact that she straight up asked Teresa, like she just straight up asked her, like, what side are you on? What are you doing? The problem is, to me, I feel like if you're Teresa, right, there's nothing wrong with you playing both sides of the house. In fact, that's smart. That's what you should be doing. Some would say it's the entire point of the game. Exactly. Just don't get caught. Or at least, you know, you play both sides until you have to pick a side. I just think that she thought she had to pick a side a little too early. That's kind of where I think her her screw-up is here because – Lolo, I would have just flipped it back on Lolo and been like, wait a second, what side are you on? That's what I would have yeah. done. And then when whatever her answer is, I'd be like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing as you. So how are you mad at me? I didn't understand Lolo's motivation at all. Like, I think Ashley, because Ashley had the same feelings as Lolo, but Ashley didn't do anything about them because, first of all, well, knowledge is on, power. Ashley did go to Teresa and Teresa tried to tell her, oh, no, we're cool everything's okay but ash only did that after teresa had won and like held some power i got you because because knowledge is power especially in this house so if you're lolo the smart play is like okay i can't really trust teresa so what you do with that information is you stop trusting teresa like you don't give teresa information exactly if you have a choice between putting Teresa in or fucking Teresa over and not fucking over, say one of the Ambers or big T. Well, then you fuck over Teresa and not like the other rookie girls. Like that's, that's the simple answer. You don't have to like have a conversation about it. You don't have to make any moves. You just got to file it away and be like, okay, I thought Teresa was in my top three. In fact, she is not. Like that that's that's all the that's all you need to do with the information like that's it that's yeah. the end of the conversation like no, i don't get sure. i don't understand lolo's just doing too much here which seems to be who she is as a person and you know i guess fair enough to her yeah i mean lolo will get to her because she she had another very interesting conversation or situation we'll say uh, later on in the episode, and of course, this episode is filled with a lot of Teresa. But what this episode is not filled with a lot of is Leo, because no. soon after we find out, like, there's a conversation first. It sets it up where Leo's talking about his childhood and how kind of weird it is being in the house like this with a bunch of strangers. It reminds him he grew up in a group home and it was kind of weird for him. 
and you could sense that he was missing home. And then we see a conversation that he's having with his wife at home and you could just see where this was going, but it led to a really nice conversation. And I like that we get to talk about, I like how we discuss the challenge, obviously, because I continue to discuss it with you week after week after week, but for 160 weeks in for counting. Sure. But the reason I say that is because we talk about it from all angles, right? And I really appreciated the conversation between Leo and Gabby because you saw them have a really honest conversation. And Gabby really talked about how important Leo was for her in this situation that's so strange. And he was such a good partner for her because he was just encouraging her all the time. And she understood what was going on and he explained, you know, he wanted to go home to be with his family and his wife's pregnant. Did I get that correct? Yeah, that is correct. So there's a lot going on at home and you know, it, it makes a lot of sense, but I, I liked what seemed to be a real moment between the two of them as partners in the game and, you know, an understanding from both sides. Like, yeah, she was going to miss him, and yeah, you know, she enjoyed being partners with them, but she also understands what's really going home, which also led to, I thought, the TJ angle of it. Because when we get to the challenge day, I was caught off guard by TJ's. TJ's I was too. Here, right? I thought TJ was typical TJ. We're all well aware of how TJ feels about quitters. Mm-hmm. And. Instead, he was very sympathetic to Leo, who wasn't even there. Like, he was already gone. gone, And he strongly suggested to everyone in the house that he never used the phrase mental health. He said health, just solo health. But he encouraged everyone in the house to talk to each other about their feelings and their issues. And at the same time, they had a confessional from Cam voicing her support Mm -hmm. to Leo and also had like a little box encouraging people if they're having mental health issues to like seek support from friends and family so this really go sorry go ahead no no no. i was gonna say there's two sides right so like this is where it's really awesome because on the one hand people who have followed the challenge know this is different than what tj would normally say in this situation but the flip side is different people have had different reasons for why they're leaving And if there's been like something going on family wise, he doesn't crush those people, right? It's the people who are like, oh, I'm just over this. I want to go home. Clearly there's something going on with Leo at home and he was missing his home. And you could tell from that conversation, the little snippet they did show us of him and his wife, he was really struggling and missing his family. And you can understand that, right? Like if you have a pregnant wife at home, while you're miles away playing a game. Yes, it's for a million dollars, but that's difficult to deal with. And if you compare it to Corey, if you remember Corey went going through the same thing, it was made easier for him because he had friends around him in the house. He had Nelson with him, he had a support system. And so it was interesting to have them bring this up now. And I think we as viewers also understand it because let's be honest, what's going on in the world right now you have a lot of people sitting at home dealing with some of the same issues. So you can kind of understand that. Right. And if there's a pandemic going on and you're away from your pregnant wife, like that's a lot to deal with. And so I, I give a, a, a hearty clap, a salute 
to not only the challenge, but to TJ and the producers for the way that they handled this. Because I think it was an important message, not only for the show, but also for the viewers. And also just like, if you we had Ashley on the show, right? Ashley was talking about how the difficult time that people had on last season's episode or last season of the challenge when they're in the bunker and how dingy and dark it was and how like just strange it was and depressing and different people struggled a lot and she kind of hesitated at certain points because she didn't want to say too much but you could tell that it was a difficult difficult experience and so what we're seeing now is a challenge learning from that and yeah as i mean that's all we should want to see Right. We get so bogged down sometimes in trying to call people out when they do something wrong or calling uh, people's actions disingenuous or whatever. But if we just take it at face value that they're learning and trying to get better. So that gets a huge salute from me. I agree. And I also think like I think at this stage we can all appreciate how difficult it is to be confined to a solitary building for 23 hours a day. Think basically everyone gets how tough that can be. And one thing is like they're in Iceland mm -hmm. and that time of year, there's not a lot of sunlight. Like I've been uh, to Helsinki to Finland in like December and January and they only get four hours of light a day. Nice. Obviously this was shot in October or November. So like a little bit different, but you're still not getting a ton of sunlight, which could also mess people up. Yeah. So uh, judging by how they handled it, I totally agree with you. I think the producers handled it right. TJ handled it right. No one criticized Leo, nor should they, but we didn't see anyone criticize Leo. And I think this is, you know, really exemplary behavior in that they're like truly being an example and showing people like how it's done and just like supporting Leo being like, hey, no worries. We get it. Like, get yourself home. Yeah. where you're like happier and more comfortable and also like we don't know the whole story no. with like his wife's pregnancy and how difficult or easy it is and like i don't i don't want to uh speculate or anything but like we don't uh, we do not know the whole story but it's just nice to see everyone treating his situation whatever it might be with the respect it deserves yeah and i mean over the last however many years obviously people's mental health and again stressing the fact that they didn't say mental health to use the term health, but you kind of tell where they were going with this conversation. But TJ even says, right, your health is more important than the challenge. And mm -hmm. you know what? He's right. And so in, in that instance, I really am enjoying the show's ability to sort of dive from serious to the challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, really understand that role in being reality TV. Cause often reality TV, there's nothing real about it, but this show has done a good job over the years of handling the reality of some situations better. And that's all you yeah. ask to, to, to always be improving. If people want to see more of Leo rush, oh, wow. I can tell you that he just put out a new music video on YouTube, he also tweeted it, but it's him, it's Joseph, he of the Lunchroom Crunches, yep. and Jay, uh, I guess we can call it rap? Uh, Diane Feely, <laughs> Diane Feely was the one who pointed it out to Sheldon and I on Twitter, 
and uh, we recommend that you check it out or not check it out. I don't know. I'm not the boss of you, but yeah. it exists and you can watch it and listen to it. It's out there. Why not? Right. Why not? <laughs> um, we, we've got time. We've got a lot of time. On our <laughs> we have the time. <laughs> we most certainly have the time. Yes. Um, but that meant Leo leaving meant that Gabby was without a partner. And we obviously know that Devin was without a partner. So, hey, they're now partners. Now, Devin very quickly says they are the most attractive duo in challenge history. Now, I, I mean, not true. Definitely not true. But and I didn't Firm even take, no. Hold on, hold on. I didn't even take time to like actually think about previous challenge seasons because I would just stop and be like, "Yo, Darrell and Amber, like." They might want to have a conversation with you. Like, and that's just on this season alone. And that didn't Lolo even take, and Nam? Yeah, like that didn't even take a lot of thought. So, like, I see what you're I see the angle you're trying to play here, Devin, but pump the brakes a little. Pump the brakes. You, I mean, we could have that conversation about who the most attractive duo I would have in to, challenge history. But I'm just saying, like, we just came up with two more from this cast alone without even really trying. In my mind, it's CT and DM. Like, they're okay. both very attractive people. Okay. Like, regardless but of, like, I'm what your I'd thing is. I'm saying I'd have to is. go back and think of, like, who were partners. And, and like, that's a long yeah, yeah. list and a long history. It's a huge list. Yeah, right? And, uh, and that's why I was like, yo, hold on. This season alone, you got to pump your brakes on that one. And, hey, I like both Devin and Gabby. So, yeah, like, I, I get it. But you, you're dealing with a pretty attractive cast here. So... Slow your roll a little, Devin, and, you know, yeah. I, I like that Gabby immediately said to Devin, you're definitely different than Leo, which <laughs> is true. Like, they're different in literally any way you can imagine. Devin and Leo are dissimilar. <laughs> very, very true. Very true. Uh, so this challenge, what's it called? Smuggle, Smuggle run. run. And basically, you and your partner pick up a huge capsule. And you have to carry it five miles. There's checkpoints along the way. And, you know, obviously you're running through a bunch of different terrain, we'll say. Um, the winners get 3K. Nothing wrong with that at all. And at nope. first I was like, oh, that's kind of random. But it wasn't until the challenge ended that I was like, oh, they did this so that people would try. Yeah. Right? Because this is a <laughs> yeah. hard challenge. Like, let's be honest. This is a very hard challenge. And so this was tough. without some, if you feel very comfortable with your standing in the house, you might not really want to try. But if you throw up an extra 3K, nothing, right? Like, why not? Why wouldn't I try a little harder for 3K to win a challenge that I probably should want to win anyways, right? So I thought yep. that was interesting. Uh, what did you think of this challenge? Well, off the top, as our listeners know, or I should hope they know, we're from Toronto. Okay. What they might not know is that Toronto is the screw face capital of the world. <laughs> AKA so the screw face cap, yes. We so we have a certain awareness of when someone's given screw face. Okay. And as soon as TJ explained that as a five mile run, my sensors went off as Fessy immediately 
oh, had some even... cut eye for Anissa. Immediately was just like, oh. I didn't even notice that. That's amazing. That's a great pickup. I didn't even notice that. Thank so you. Good. So uh, I liked it. I like it when they have Ashley in confessional called it a mini final. Yeah. And I like it when they have the mini final at this point of the season because it it really does show all the competitors like who is actually going to be good in the final mm-hmm. right because it, and it's not just about endurance which is obviously an important part but it's about cooperation it's about who are you working well with yep like are you a good teammate like how well do you do there's there's and there's also like so they had to run five miles carrying what they call the capsule a normal person would call it a log. They had to carry the log on their shoulders with their partner, and they had to stop at various stations and complete a task, usually involving the log. And that's essentially what a final is. Like a shorter version, for sure. Mini finals is a very good way of putting it. Yeah. But like it, it showed teamwork. It showed ability to do puzzles. It basically had everything except eat something gross. Yeah. And I think the key to this was what they were trying to do is really show us the dynamics between all the partnerships, right? So we got to see Jay and Teresa and I thought they did a really good job because you saw them struggling early on and then something just kicked in at some, at some point where it was just like, no, let's go now. And it was early on and they just went, but that dynamic seemed to work really well. There are a couple other people, not so much. We'll get to Nam and Lolo in a sec, but actually, no. Let's start. Let's start there. Let's start there because we'll we'll kind of go chronologically as all these things went right. So like, Nam okay. and Lolo are struggling early on, and they found themselves in last. And if you would ask me at the beginning, how well do you think Nam and Lolo would do? I would think they'd be in the top three, top five, somewhere around there. But this is Me where you, too. but this is where you see the intricacies that make this show what it is. Because if you notice what was throwing them off, right? It was a fact that Nam, and you saw this with other partners too, Nam was carrying most of the weight, right? But Nam was in the back. And that's mm-hmm. not the way that you should be doing this. Because what ends up happening is Nam now is He's the weight distribution of the log. He's in the middle, but now he's taller than Lolo. So now the angle that it's on and the weight distribution, it's it's just making it more awkward for her. And so she's trying to lead and be like, okay, let's go. Let's go faster. Let's go slower. But really, you have no say because you're not really carrying the weight. (laughs) Right. And I think that was their main problem. You're absolutely right. Great analysis. The other thing is that he was holding it. At some point, he clearly decided, okay, I'm the one carrying most of the weight, which is dumb because of any partner, Lola would probably be best suited to carrying her fair uh, share of the weight. Hold on. She did mention she did have shoulder surgery. She let that be known. So Fair. My bad. That, My apologies that to Lolo. Right. But he was also carrying it like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. So there was no like... There is no sway. There is no give. Mm -hmm. So like if she was like moving, like maybe staggering or moving left and right, it was like throwing him around like there. You got to have a little give and take. Right. Mm -hmm. And his choice of where to hold it was not great. 
the team that I immediately thought was going to struggle, just seeing what the competition was, was CT and Big T. Okay. Not because they have a bad dynamic, but because he's a foot taller than her. Sure. Maybe, yeah. maybe more, maybe 14 inches. Mm-hmm. Like, he's definitely like 6'1", 6'2", maybe 6'3", and she's maybe 5'2", maybe less. Oh, yeah. Like, that's going to be a problem. Um, it, he, had, like, we'll get ahead to this, but they did not do well. And he apologized to her for being hard on her, and she seemed to accept it. I don't think he was that hard on her, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe no. we missed something, but, like, he's covering his bases. But off the top, I'm like, ooh, this is not this is not the event. <laughs> I think he was a lot harsher in the confessionals than what we saw during the actual challenge. But again, like you kind of understand the dynamic in the group anyways, right? Like he knows he can't be too hard on her during the challenge. He needs to be more uplifting, right? Um, But the thing that I thought, speaking of uplifting, I thought the first part of it was pretty cool. The first checkpoint where you got to use the log, put it in the wall and use that to climb yourselves over the wall. I thought that was pretty cool. But then the second checkpoint was the puzzle. And this is where we see why Millionaire Mitchell is Millionaire Mitchell, right? Because she's in there cooking. And Corey, credit to him, he just let her cook. He just stood back, (laughs) let her do what she does. And Ashley says that she has all these number game apps on her phone and laughed at her uh, competitors saying, maybe they should put down the weights and pick up some number games, which... If you go back to last, was it last season that Jenny talked about that as well? Was that last season or the season before? Either way, it's something Jenny talked about, right? And you've heard different people say, yeah, they practice a bunch of these different puzzles knowing that it's going to come up during the challenge season. And so you have Ashley and Corey in the lead, but then as Corey takes the lead for their team, he goes off in the wrong direction, which actually gives Jay and Teresa the lead. And, you know, you mentioned it. Well, Jay and Teresa obviously go on to win. We know that Corey and Ashley come in second. But this was more about, again, seeing some of the other teams struggle. And, you know, when it came to the puzzle, I want to say every other team timed out except for Fessy and Anissa. But it didn't matter because they were so far behind anyways. They continued to be in last. And I didn't feel bad for Fessy at all. But I will say this. I will say this. While Fessy was getting himself fired up and mad about it, was Anissa really right? Because she's not; she wasn't really helping him at all. She talked about how he kept saying, "Do you really do you want to run?" Like the group's close, and she's like, "Nope, nope, nope." But she says in her confessional, like he doesn't realize, like we don't really need to win right now. Like we don't have to do this right now. And is she actually right? Because I feel like most people look at it and they're like, oh, this sucks for Fessy. But really, isn't Anissa right in this situation? Not only do I think she's right, I think she's very right. Because at this point in the house, Fessy still has one of the biggest targets on his back. He's one of the bigger guys. He's really arrogant. He pulled those moves and burned some bridges. Mm-hmm. You know you know what kind of cures what ails you in that respect? Doing really bad in a competition. Yeah. 
because people are going to take them less seriously. Get some heat off. And you know what? Get some heat off. They both have uh, their golden skulls. So, like, why do you need to win? You don't. You don't need to win. Let let people. You don't want to injure yourself, right? You don't want a target on your back, right? You can then get back to the house and say, "Well, you know what? Like, we got lucky. You know, Nelson was injured when I eliminated him. Anissa can play up that like Tori's heart wasn't in it, mm-hmm. and she was upset because she was blindsided. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can spin it and get people to stop thinking about you and especially with anisa who people seem to think is a really weak competitor you know fassy can just play that off let 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 the other players get in trouble let the other guys who don't have their skulls yet square up like yep. fassy do you want do you want ct and nam and leroy to come after you for your golden skull or do you want those three to sort it out amongst themselves you obviously want them to sort it amongst themselves for sure so just let it happen for sure just but so i think anisa was totally right so again the opposite angle of what anisa was saying was lolo lolo got mad at nam for the fact that he she wanted to finish strong and not only did they have bad communication the whole way, like she was the one trying to lead. He wasn't even really communicating with her. He basically shut down and had no communication with her at all. But then she got really mad at him because he didn't finish strong across the finish line. And we'll get to it in a bit, but I'll say at this point, like right as it happened, I was like, okay, I can kind of understand where she's coming from here. Right. I was like, she wanted to finish strong, you know, run through the finish line I get that's probably like a personal thing for her. Like I can, I can understand that I'm, I'm okay with her there. And I'll pause that until we get to the next conversation to where I'm not with her at all, but also fair enough. I'm, I won't weigh in then. Right. But then also there we had, uh, CT who was bigging up, uh, big T telling her, you know, good job. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. But in his confessional, he's super worried because he doesn't have a skull. And he, if we remember, actually understands how this game works because he did it last season. He wants to win a competition so that he can go in and get his skull. Right? Like, we know this. We've seen him do it last year. So he's kind of a little bit rattled in terms of what to do. But the thing that we need to remember is as the winners, Jay and Teresa... They got an extra three grand, upping it to six grand. Do you think that would have made a difference for some of the other teams to maybe try a little harder? Like three grand, okay, I could see how you could brush that off. You know, three grand, whatever. Six grand, I think, to most people who aren't rich, right? Like if I tell you, hey, here's six grand, you're going to take it. Like it's not chump change. Like that's at least a a pretty nice vacation. Do you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Six I think grand. I think part of the problem was that Teresa and Jay and Ashley and Corey were so far ahead of the pack. Yeah. That there was no point in trying. Like I That's think right. they were I think everyone was eating their dust and like I think it was edited a little bit mm-hmm. to make it seem like people were closer. Yeah. But aside from those two teams, yeah. I don't think there was any any concern. Also, like I think 
most of the tra- teams tried their best. Like Kyle and Cam were in there. Leroy and Casey were winning for mm-hmm. the first leg. Yeah. Um, I also think that, like, to Ashley's point, I wouldn't say this is the brightest cast. Okay. Like, I, I, I really think the puzzle trip, like, as you said, most teams uh, timed out. I'm pretty sure every team timed out except for Ashley and Corey and then... Or I guess uh, Teresa and Teresa and Jay did, Teresa and Jay didn't, didn't. But like when that second wave of people came through, they mm-hmm. all basically timed out. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so, and it was really so what, th- solving math equations to equal thirty-eight. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was sort of a Sudoku. Okay, sort of. It, it was the same concept where you're trying to get everything to, yeah, add up to thirty-eight. So I don't think it was necessarily lack of effort. I just think that in some cases is bad communication. In some cases, a partner wasn't trying. Like, I can't imagine Devin gave this his all. Because, like, why would he? Like, I I don't know that how much he and Gabby's uh, political alliances, like political games, are adding up. And also, he has a golden skull. So, like... Like, why kill yourself? Just, like, mill the pack's fine, you know? Totally. And, like, you got three, you got two teams that were firmly in last and second last. So, like, why stress it, you know? Just yeah. make it, like, a good workout. I got to be honest here, right? Like, once this ended and it was, like, Teresa won, someone in their confessional was, like, I really don't know what they're going to do. And they hit me. I was, like, oh, yeah, that is true. Like, I have no idea. It was Devin who said that. Yeah, but it it hit me, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I have no idea what they're going to do. And you knew that it was going to be fun. But before that, before these decisions are made, because that's when, as you mentioned earlier, Ashley goes to Teresa. They have a little conversation. She's asking where her head's at. And Teresa says, I'm going to fuck some bitches up, (laughs) right? But (laughs) she says, like, she tells Ashley that Ashley's going to be okay. And I don't know we didn't see enough of their relationship to know whether or not Ashley should trust that. I don't think, Well, I, but I don't think they've been on a season together. No, no, no. Have but they? I'm saying just this season, like we haven't seen no, enough I know. of them. Like what I'm saying is I don't think, I don't think they have any previous history and Ashley was gone since like the first episode. Right. Sure. So they've only really hung out for what? Four days? Five days? Who knows, right? So the big thing, though, was Nam and Lolo. They're really beefing. They they look like a couple that's on the rocks in this situation. I was going to say, they're having this heated conversation, and then the camera pulls back, and Big T is in the room, and it really looked... Like she was their couples counselor. Yeah. Cause they're like on a couch and she's sitting on like the lower bunk of a bunk bed and just like listening, like taking notes. Yeah. Hopefully and she didn't say anything, but it seemed, it really seemed like they're like, let's go to big T to solve our problems. <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, if there was, if, if there was someone to choose in the house, maybe it would be big T would be the person I choose. I don't know, but I'll say this. And as I mentioned earlier, we'll continue this here. Right. I get where Lola was coming from before and I kind of got where she started from in this conversation. But as soon as she started dropping, I work on teams. This is my job. I'm a professional athlete. All I do is work on teams. I was like, yo, homegirl, chill out. (laughs) Right? Like chill. 
dude was trying really hard dude was carrying weight like it's not you could be in a lot worse positions in terms of who your partner is not only in terms of a dude with his physical capabilities but in terms of just how you interact with your partner you know what i mean and how your partner is socially like you you're on the winning end here like i think you need to really chill out and relax like it wasn't that big of a deal you don't need to try to sun the dude and drop your resume to him to make him feel bad because you didn't win a challenge like relax also i would love to know what lolo's teammates from ah. either the american bobsled team or the american track team think of her as a teammate interesting question because just because you're a professional athlete on a team mm -hmm. doesn't mean that your teammates like you. Also true. And I think a, a question is, okay, she's making the argument that, you know, she knows how to be a team player and uh, Nam doesn't because he's a solo athlete. If you're the, like, true professional athlete, team player... Mm -hmm. Isn't it on you to meet your partner wherever they're at? Like, isn't it, uh, isn't it on you to be like, okay, we had a breakdown on uh, communication. What could I have done? But like, ask him the question, what could I have done better? And like facilitate a helpful conversation rather than just like sit back and take runs at a guy. Let's just keep like, it. Am a I buck, wrong? Though. No, but let's just keep it a buck though. Right? Like Lolo, we've seen Lolo's challenge resume before. Right. And yeah. we know that she's not the easiest person to deal with. So either she's a great actress and this is just her putting on because she's on a reality show or she's always like this. And so, like you just said, I'd assume that anyone that's had to work with her before would kind of get annoyed with working with her. I'm just well, guessing. I'm just guessing. The other the other thing I, I want to say to Nam or above about Nam is he's doing all this in his second language. And I'm not saying this to like shit on people who speak multiple languages. I'm saying just that he's probably tired and flustered. His English might not be coming naturally to him in that heated moment. And again, not ragging on him for that. But like cut the guy some slack. Like when she said to him, like, let's go for a jog. He clearly didn't hear or understand what she was saying at first. Like, cut the guy some slack that he's out of his comfort zone when you're shouting at him in a language that's not his own. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's make some space for the guy no, who I is agree. very nice and a good partner. Like, Totally agree. Totally agree. Not a Lolo fan, although she makes for good television. No, not a Lolo fan, but I am a fan of the Liquor Dome. And the liquor dome was great back. segue. Not much going on in the liquor dome, but the girls are all assuming that it's going to be a girls' week again. And I was really wondering why they were so like they must have some inside info because I was just like, how do you keep assuming and you know that it's a girls' week? I have no idea. But anyways, there must be there must be some sort of tell. Like they must be like have figured out a way to look at the call sheets. Something. Or something like they've got you're right they've got some insight so the big thing here is nani is super worried that she might go in against teresa that's what she's worried about but really what i want to talk about right now is your man's fessy 
who still has a sight set on Gabby. And if I'm not mistaken, there was a shot in the trailer, in one of the trailers, where it appears that Fessy makes out with who uh, someone who appears to be Gabby. Right? So we kind of, I think... At least with, I a, think, with a blonde woman. Yes. So we've known, or let me say this, we've assumed where this is going, even though we've been seeing it play out, right? So she's she's liking talking shit to him and telling him that he's arrogant, right? And she says that his game is definitely improving. And I have a question for you, John, and for our listeners, right? We have all kinds of listeners that listen to this podcast. So I, I want to hear this from you guys, okay? When Gabby says that his game is actually improving, is his game actually improving or is she just enjoying the chase? Because let's think about it, right? He comes at her, she disses him because he's super arrogant. But we all know Fessy's a good looking dude. But he doesn't just take that because he sees a very good looking woman in Gabby and he keeps coming and she likes that. So my question is, is his game improving or is Gabby just starting to like the chase? The fact that she doesn't really give him much attention, which in turn probably makes Fessy chase her more because he's not used to that. But either way, is his game improving or is she just enjoying the chase? You're shaking your Hard head. Hard no. You're shaking your head. <laughs> There's there's two factors that you didn't list here. The first is that part of Gabby's qualms mm -hmm. the first time he was trying to run game is that she knew he was clearly more interested in Tori. Oh, yes. But Tori's situation was not very clear with Jordan at that point. And it was pretty clear that Fessy and Tori were vibing. There's so Gabby was like, Gabby was like, mm, I'm no one's second fiddle. And fair enough. Good honor. Well, the first fiddle's out of Iceland now. So that changes things. The second thing is what I'm going to call the sixth man in the game. Okay. The sixth man that is helping out Fessy is that they've been locked in a house in <laughs> Iceland at this stage for four weeks? Yeah. Maybe less. Maybe long. three yeah, weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Perceptions are going to change. 1,000%. There's fewer options in the house. There's fewer people. You're going a little stir-crazy. Get a little lonely. You're getting a little, a little lonely, a little bored, a little horny, if we're being honest. Probably he, more than a little horny, actually. Fanny, Fessy, <laughs> Fanny, Fessy, Fessy has Fanny. those things, again, the sixth man, working in his favor. He has, he has the environment helping him out in this situation because his game has obviously not improved. It's just that her competition's gone and she's, get, she's getting a little itchy. Maybe that's the best way to put it. She's getting a little itchy. <laughs> Fair enough. And shouts to Gabby, by the way. I like that Gabby, we see Gabby in a lot of different swag. You know what I mean? Different outfits, yeah. different hairstyles. Very versatile. Very versatile game inside the challenge house from Gabby. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, I was interested to see how that plays out. People, please let us know what you think. What's going on here with Gabby and Fessy? Is is Fessy 
you know, just that mesmerizing that eventually you're going to, you know, succumb to his game, quote unquote. Or again, is she just getting bored? But we'll move on from that drama to Jay and Teresa trying to figure out what they want to do. They quickly come to a conclusion that they want to go at Ashley. And she then goes around the house telling everyone to put Ashley in. Ashley ends up walking right into the room while she's talk while Teresa is talking to Anissa, which is just hilarious. And I'm a I'm a like editing nerd or production nerd, so I really appreciated the fact that they had like music going and the music just came to like a screeching halt as soon as Ashley walked in. It was like awkward <laughs> silence, and Ashley's kind of like, "Oh, hey, what are you guys talking about?" And I think she even said. I kind of think you've been talking to everybody else but me. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did say that. Loved that record scratch moment. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Jay and Teresa's plan is a good one. Mm-hmm. Their plan is, and it becomes apparent as the episode wears on, Ashley and Corey, especially Ashley, one of the toughest teams in the house. Let's get everyone to vote them in. And we'll pretend or like imply that it's so we can go against them when really we're just going to put in another one of the really good teams. A great plan. And I think part of what really sealed the deal is that Ashley and Corey were second in that mini final. And also, as we said when Ashley returned last episode, Ashley and Corey are legit good friends. They're on the same season of the real world. They always have, well, not always, but they have a really strong friendship. Mm -hmm. They're going to be pulling in the same direction, which you can't say the same for every other team. I think, And Corey's a really good player as well. And like, they're very astute politically. They're good socially. They're good at basically all competitions especially combined together like Corey's not great at puzzles but ashley is yeah it makes perfect sense no i totally i totally get where you're coming from and it's super interesting right because now we go back to like in my mind i go back to thinking about the actual challenge and did they do themselves a disservice by trying because you put such a spotlight on yourself in terms of oh this is a really good team we need to look out for because if you don't if you win cool you're in power, so it doesn't matter, right? But if you don't win, but you were way up there, is that a good look? So it's interesting in that sense. But I will say, Ashley, Ashley to me made the most sense in her confessional, right? Because she says, isn't the move to put in, again, quote unquote, a weak girl, and then you go in and get your skull? And that's an interesting thought, but the part that's not really being talked about or like production wise, they haven't really like spelled out for us was that the numbers are on the other side or they appear to be mm-hmm. on the other side, especially when, as we get to the votes, you'll see people are still burning their votes and sitting on one side or the next, but the numbers are on the other side. So in Ashley's thought process here, she's leaving out the part that Teresa is working with said quote unquote weak girls. So why would she want to go in against one of them? So anyways, I think this leads, sorry, go on. 
there's one thing I have to point out, and that is, would Corey and Ashley have won if Corey hadn't gotten them lost? I mean, it was that close. Because they only lost by like 10 seconds. Yeah, it was that close. So I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Like, that's how close it was. So to your point about, like, you know, should they have taken their foot off the gas? No, they what they should have done is let Ashley make the decisions. Yeah. And maybe they would have won. And that's a whole different ball game. This is a completely different game. Yeah. Because then I, then I think Teresa and Jay are going in. Like, I think between those yeah. two teams, right? Because Ashley was already saying that Teresa was sketchy. Yeah. Corey and Jay are friends for real, they say. But, like, Ashley wants that skull, and Ashley is not afraid to go in and get her hands dirty. Very true. So we're looking at a different game. And we also might have just seen Ashley do what Teresa and Jay did and put Teresa and Jay versus Cam and Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I I think we kind of see Ashley, what Ashley makes people worried about. I think we kind of see it in the deliberation because this is a side of Ashley that's really dangerous as well because it opens up and people are kind of tiptoeing around and then it's basically just put on blast. We all know who they want it to put in and that's Ashley. So are we going to do that or not? And then Ashley, I thought gave a really good speech, a really she good made speech. One of the, she made one of the best speeches in deliberation I've ever seen. And I honestly think she turned some votes around. Like, I think she actually, like, almost saved herself with this speech because it was concise. She limited her points to three. She didn't call out anyone else, despite what Amber and Michi alleged. And she just made a whole shit ton of sense. Yeah. Right? Like Should we she, go over her points? Because they're well, I mean, we outstanding. Can, we can just gloss over it, right? Like, what'd she say? She said that who says that it's a girl's day... She also mentioned yep. the fact that it's a, she's a strong competitor who could come back into the house. She also said that, like, if you're a guy, like, why would you want to Why do you want of, me gone? Yeah, why would you want me gone? Wouldn't you want to run the final with me? Like, I would be a benefit to you, which is might be one of the better points there is. So it is super interesting when you really think about it. And I just thought it was well played, and you're right. I mean, I think I said a couple weeks ago, there's probably nothing you could say in a del- deliberation that's going to change someone's mind. And then here we are where I'm like, man, I think Ashley might have changed my mind in that moment if I was going to vote for her or not, right? You you and I both made that point um, with Tori, who really went on too long and yeah. basically signed her own death warrant. Yeah. And we've seen that in previous seasons, too. Uh, not with Tori specifically, but just people going too on too long in deliberation. Mm-hmm. And then Ashley, I mean, you know, we're going to get to Ashley's fate, but like, you're totally right. Like, Ashley is so smart. First of all, she saw what was coming to some degree. Yeah. And like, had, dare I say, the perfect speech. I do think she changed at least one or two votes. It sounds like she changed Darrell's mind. And really made a strong case for herself and that's what makes her so dangerous and because really at this point the only people in the house who could probably trust her fully are Corey, 
CT and Big T, like otherwise she's just playing her own game. Yeah. And that's dangerous. I did want to point out someone else though in deliberation because there was a very subtle move that really caught my attention. And that was Nani opens up the conversation by saying, you know, Teresa and Jay have made it clear who they want us to vote for. Should we all just vote the way they wanted? And like, like, why do we even need to have this deliberation? There's a pause. And then Leroy says, well, I'm not going to vote for Ashley. <laughs> Which is just in a single sentence. He undid Teresa and Jay's game. They still got what they wanted, but he exposed them and like I, immediately yeah. tipped Ashley off. It was such an artful, like well done move by Leroy. He's gotten so much better at politics in the house. I was very impressed with just the one sentence. Yeah, it was great confirmation for them, right? Like they might've been assuming, but that was a confirmation for sure. And I think, yeah, credit to Leroy for that, for sure. I thought that was really cool. Um, but Leroy, it appears then went on to use a burn vote again as he said, which kind of, you know, the votes were obviously close, but it ended up being for Ashley and Corey again. And it was basically all the rookies in CT essentially, right? Like that's how the numbers kind of break broke down. So yep. Teresa, the next conversation we have after all this, right? Is Teresa and Cam. And I didn't really understand this conversation, like why this conversation needed to be had or how it, like I needed more context behind it, right? In terms of why they were having this conversation. Cause I just didn't understand why Teresa would be telling Cam like, Hey, if you want it, it's yours. But if you don't, don't worry about it. I would never, like she swears, I would never just throw you in. Like she's going overboard and I'm watching this and thinking, clearly that's not true. And you're going way too overboard. But like, why is this conversation even taking place? Like who, who called on this conversation to happen? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just seemed so weird to me and why lie? Cause the thing is I didn't trust it, but I was also like, why would you lie? If you know, there's a possibility that she could come back into the house and then you just made it worse for yourself. Why make a promise that you have no intention of fulfilling and that you don't need to make like in that instance she holds all the power like what like what i don't i didn't understand what she was trying to extract from cam and leroy at that point i didn't get it but also like to add another level to this not making sense to me at all your plan is to throw cam in and win right like that's your plan yeah so then why would you come up with this elaborate scheme to lie to her if your intention is for her to come back into the house? Like that makes yeah. no sense. Like, wouldn't you even be better served just being honest with her and being like, Hey Cam, I know you might not like this, but for gameplay wise, this is just my best move right now. I'm going to put you in against Ashley because I want you to take Ashley out. And I think you can do it. Now I know it's a risk. I know it's tough. I know you probably don't agree with it, but I just think gameplay wise, my goal is to get out Ashley and I need to put in someone strong to get her out. And who's stronger than Killa Cam? I, I agree with you completely. Like I don't, this was such an unnecessary lie that's going to make a bad situation worse. Yeah. 
because you're right like if you're just straight up like cam respects honesty and forthrightness because mm-hmm. she plays the game herself she plays yeah. the game too so she gets it she understands it so it just makes sense from that angle too and then it's not like Teresa's the only one doing the lying on her team jay is also lying to Corey because he wouldn't give him a heads up and i that's a part i don't understand if it's already happening anyways and you can't like the the picks were in the house votes were in and obviously ashley and them know that your plan was to get them in why would you then lie to Corey? that also makes no sense yeah and you're going to they're gonna like on the bus it later comes out on the bus Corey asked for a heads up and jay didn't give it to him at that point like Corey's gonna find out in 20 minutes yeah. like 25 minutes whatever however long the bus ride is just tell him yeah. <laughs> like but that's also not having enough experience right that's jay not having yeah. enough experience in terms of how things work right and you could tell Corey and ashley were really stunned because at the end of the day they're like yeah why wouldn't they just tell us by now yeah right like there's no need for that and then to make it even worse killer cam is also cheesed because who's going down well it's killer cam and kyle they're blindsided as well so you have four blindsided people going down but then here comes your man's tj lavin with one of the best okie dokes we've had in a while in the challenge the stutter step delivery it was so good tj says now this is a very big elimination for the men awkward pause everyone starts losing it ashley's giving the double middle finger to the crowd everyone's losing it um Corey and kyle are both rattled like they're just stoic you don't even see them like make a move they're so frustrated and then after tj pauses he then comes back and says to watch their partners (laughs) (laughs) that was tj lavin at his best but also like that's just mean tj that's just (laughs) come on man you didn't have to do all that i appreciate it but you didn't have to do all that man but here we go it's ashley versus killer cam that's what it is and also i appreciate the production team doing that with tj because you know from a viewer standpoint I know I wasn't the only one sitting there like, why do they keep assuming that it's a it's a female elimination? And so obviously the production team knows this, so they're going to mess with them as well. And I, I like that. I like what they did there. But what did you think of this actual elimination? Dead ringer. You're basically swinging from side to side. You have six rings that you have to place on hooks while you're swinging back and forth. What did you think of this elimination? I don't think it turned out the way they thought it was. Okay. Like from a production standpoint, I don't. I think they were expecting it to look a lot more epic. Okay. Than it turned out, I think they thought it would be like uh, what was that event on American Gladiators? You know the one where they had like the pole yeah. hanging high up in the middle, of the air that had like a bunch of balls stuck on it, and you had to like jump off your platform and bungee up. What was that called? I can't remember. And get the I balls. Know. That's going way too far back, man. I don't but I know what you're talking about. I think they're expecting these epic shots of the competitors like reaching out and like just getting the rings on. 
Instead, they definitely had like a couple minutes of both Cam and Ashley barely able to get their feet on their platforms to get any kind of momentum. Yeah. And I guess it's like a safety thing that they have to make sure that they're just barely touching the platforms because if they're swinging and like... They swing back to it, yeah, yeah. And like their shins smoke the platform, then you've got some broken legs or whatever. For sure. Uh, like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. So I think they, I don't know. It was it was interesting. I was disappointed that, and CT pointed this out, it was clear that Ashley was so rattled by going in that she didn't really perform well. And she only got, I think, two rings up. She and by two that point, rings, yeah. she dropped two rings. They also had a hard time unhooking them they had to both of them had to like use their knee to pry the ring off of the carabiner yeah i think that sort of took away from the drama a little bit yeah uh so i i don't think it was as cool as they were hoping no definitely not but it was another victory for killer cam and i mean 10 and 1 that's an amazing record she figured it out but i will say the thing that you know, obviously in a, another great performance by Cam. Cam's not rattled, obviously, by going into an elimination. But the thing that I thought was really cool was the look on Leroy's face. Like that smile when they cut to Leroy after Cam won, it was just priceless. And it's like, ah, Roy <laughs> Lee, yay. Uh, that was cool to see. But I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Because everyone started like then turning and ripping Teresa and Jay. And my question to you is, was this a good move by them? I think it's an okay move by them. Okay. I think it would have been a better move if they tipped the teams off, as we discussed. Yeah. Okay. okay. Because they, I think, like Cam in confessional was like, it's a smart game move. Yeah. And, like, Ashley's gone, but so you don't have to worry about her, so she'd be the next most upset person. But, like, Corey and Kyle don't love it, but they'll get over it, you know? But, like, it would have been easier for Kyle and Corey to swallow it if Jay had not said directly to their faces, I will tip you off if you're going in. Yeah. And that's that was a mistake. You, you get problems, right? Because like Corey, Kyle, Cam, Leroy, all mad. But then I love CT popping up in the middle of it. He's like, really? All these people are getting mad because someone lied to them? Like, welcome to the club. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Shouts to CT, as always. Bringing levity, but also just like brutal Good honesty. analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally, so, totally. I think on paper... It was a good idea. Yeah. Because, again, Ashley probably is. I mean, Ashley would for sure be one of the most competitive women on the show. Yeah. One of the probably the most well-rounded and a proven winner. Mm -hmm. So, Teresa, I think, gauged the situation correctly. I just think they pissed too many people off in the way they went about their plan. Yeah. No, I agree with that. The other thing that I thought was interesting was they're so amped that like they got their way when the deliberate like when people voted in Ashley and Corey. Ashley and Corey only had nine people vote against them. 
it, that's not like a that's not like a slam dunk. No, but you, you know, know what, what I mean? Like me? that showed me that Teresa and Jay were really insecure and didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah, true. Right? Like they're just doing this off a of whim. Like, well, I hope this works. And that's not really a good way to play. Or like you weren't confident in they weren't confident in their numbers either, which is weird to me. It's like, don't you know you have the numbers on your side? Like with the young bucks? I don't know. It is weird. But you know Very weird. End of the day and, and sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, like they should have seen that the fact that their plan only got nine votes yeah as that they barely won by the skin of their teeth rather than like a rousing endorsement for who they are and what they're doing agreed it wasn't like other schemes where it's been like almost unanimous no i agree with that and you know so cam being the winner she gets to choose her partner she ends up staying with kyle uh, what do they call Mr. and Mrs. Killa. Mr. and Mrs. Killa. Yes, the Killers. I mean, sure. I don't know any Killer songs, but I feel like if I heard one, like, like if I you know it, I feel like I walk into a Starbucks or something, and you hear a song, <laughs> and then if someone were to be like, "Yo, that's the Killers," I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've heard this song before." You would for sure know some Killers song. Yeah. Songs. Uh, all these things that I've done. No, when you just I'm say not the, gonna sing for no, you. No, this is what I'm saying. If you just say the title, I'm not gonna know what the song is. So it's like, no. Wait, have I you? Believe, have I you... firmly believe. I'm I'm confident that if you know we were playing like, if you just played a song, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. You know, Mr. Brightside for sure. That means nothing mm-hmm. to me. Absolutely. Killing not. me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the line of the episode, man. Do you have one? What was your line of the episode? My line of the episode. Uh, I think I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not finding this season very funny. Like I'm finding it really hard to do the there, line of the episode. I'll say this. There is a very, very, very different tone to this season than previous challenge seasons this season is very much more focused on strictly gameplay like strictly gameplay who's working with who who's not working with who what side of the house are you on like that's what the majority of this season has been focused on so far and maybe because it's still early you know what i mean so they're giving more time for things to play out or relationships to develop or showmances to develop i don't know but Early on, for sure, there's a definite, definite, you know, just different vibe to the challenge. And I like it. Hey, I'm, I'm here for the gameplay and all that, so I, I don't mind it at all. Do I? And hey, they, they mix in a, a trip to the Liquor Dome every episode, so I'm here for that. I'm cool. I'm going for my line of the episode with TJ's bait and switch. Because <laughs> that was the be- that was the most fun moment. That was probably yeah. the funniest line. And again, this is a very big elimination for the men to watch their partners. <laughs> so what was your line? My line of the episode was right around the same time, but it's pretty self-explanatory. It just simply kill a cam activated. Close. Court. See, I thought that I thought that was corny and she said it twice. <laughs> Here's my thing. You can talk all the shit you want if you win. 
I stand by this. I say it all the time. If you win, talk that talk. Talk your shit. If you lose, yeah, man, that's corny. How did you say that corny ass line? <laughs> yeah, well, she won and I'm saying it's corny. So. Uh, hey, you have your line. I have my line. Okay. Fair. That's, that's why we don't try to have a consensus. Uh, uh, Who is your MVP of the episode? It's tough. It's tough this week. It is very tough this week. And I mean, I want to give it to Teresa or Jay, but I just can't because I think they were too messy. They were too messy this week with what they're trying what to I'm do. Saying. So I can't give them, I can't give it to them. So I'm going to give it to Killer Cam. A 10 and 1 record in eliminations. Like, that's got to be close to Laurel. No, whatever Laurel's record is, I know someone's going to correct us here and send us a message. <laughs> right and send us what the records are but like that's impressive and when you consider cam has even been on the show for that long like she's been on a bunch of seasons but i'm just saying like that's quick work from killer cam and hey she hasn't won yet they made the final not last season the season before yeah right so like she's been in striking distance but hey Shouts to Killer Cam. You get blindsided, you get thrown in, but you put in work when it matters the most. I like clutch players. Killer Cam is clutch. And hey, I'll just play the song Killer Cam from Cameron's Purple Haze album when we're done and just bump to that and it'll make me feel better. Sheldon, we're so old. <laughs> <laughs> that Killer Cam album will forever be fire. So I'll be I know, old. I know. I'm fine. I know, I know. And like, before we started recording, I was making all sorts of comments about the youth today. Um, (laughs) I I agree, this is a really tough week for an MVP. I'm almost tempted to give Teresa and Jay an LVP, but like, it's not quite an L, right? Like, it's just sort of like, they, they accomplished what they wanted to, but they like... Maybe we're nitpicking. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to give an MVP to all the people that have pissed off the rest of the house earlier this season. I'm talking CT. I'm talking Devin. I'm talking Fessy. I'm talking all these people who now have the heat off of them because of Teresa and Jay. That's fair. I like that. I like that. I like that. And like we we said this earlier on, but like all and like CT recognized in the first week, people are the like nature of the season encourages people to stab people in the back. And significantly, virtually every elimination that we've seen in this season has been friend versus friend. Mm-hmm. Right? Tori and Anissa. Uh Nelson and Fessy, yep. Devin and Wes, not not every, like obviously Ashley versus Natalie, they just met. But nope. for those there's guys, a there's a theme. For those guys who had pissed everyone off and like had people like Josh swearing that he was going to vote for Devin every single week and Corey saying that he was gunning for Fessy for the rest of the season, all those people... To have their issues blow over and now Jay and Teresa are under the microscope. Yeah. 
more power to them. So they're my MVPs, all of them. You just listen, <laughs> basically everyone who has a gold skull or put someone in to get a gold skull, congrats to you. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I know we're winding down here, but before we go, I just wanted to give a little shout out here and say thank you to uh, all the people that listened to our two hour episode last week. <laughs> as we broke down the challenge and uh we also like talked a little bit in depth with uh our experiences during this COVID 19 pandemic and you know we had a real we had a real conversation and it's one of the reasons why i love this platform because we get to do that because heck we do whatever we want because we can talk about whatever we want but um i really do appreciate the people that listen to that and hey you have the option if you didn't want to listen to that to not listen to it so like the options are there but um i got a bunch of really nice like messages from people who listened and appreciated the co the conversation and you know i just wanted to say thank you to those people for reaching out because sometimes and we're not really the people who are going to get deterred from doing what we want to do but every once in a while when you get messages like the ones that we got last week after last week's conversation it's very uh reaffirming right that yeah you know the things that we believe in terms of the community that we've all built here as challenge fans in terms of it's more than just a challenge. We're a nice, happy family here, rooting for each other, listening to each other, caring about each other, talking to each other. And, you know, I just got a really long few messages that were really nice, really like thought out and well put and well received. I'll say that. So I just want to say thank you to those people that sent those messages and all the people that sent any messages throughout this whole thing and uh, really appreciate you guys really really do I know I say that and that might sound cheesy but if you know us by now after a hundred and however many episodes uh, we just say what we mean so that's just what it is just want to take a second to say thanks if people want to send you more messages <laughs> to your DMs where can they find you on social media? Uh, send me your reviews to uh, my relationship question about Fessy and Gabby, or send me your reviews of Leo's rap song. Uh, you can send them to me <laughs> on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you can send your reviews of Cameron's Purple Haze. <laughs> Listen. I don't, who has a bad review of Cameron's Purple Haze? Nobody. And if you do, I don't know if we're friends. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. I just, I really hope there's someone that like, sli like tweets at you or whatever. And is like, Sheldon, man, three and a half stars out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Where can the people find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jchidleyhill. Uh, always welcome all the messages. Uh, life's pretty busy for me these days, so I'm not as on point as I once was with replying to the messages, whether they're tweets or DMs or whatever. Uh, but I do read them and I always get back. Just takes a little bit of time uh, these days. And I mean, if you want, you can send me your reviews of Cameron's Purple Haze. 
<laughs> I, w- I will say I'm not the Cameron fan that you are. Although, Hey Ma is a fucking banger. <laughs> I stand by that forever. That is what our well played, our well fourth played. our fourth '90s uh, rap reference. That's got to be a ref- uh, a record for us. Hey, we started off silly. We're ending silly. It's just the way that it is. It is. And until next week, this is you killed it. You killed it. Still at a B. Yeah.